listening to How I Sell, a podcast built for early career sales professionals. You'll hear stories, best practices, and guidance from top sales leaders on what it takes to become a sales superstar. Today's episode is made possible by Ramped Careers. Ramped is on a mission to build the next generation of workforce-ready talent. Hey everyone, joining us today is Andrea Johnson, Vice President of Sales at Get Beyond. Andrea is a seasoned sales leader who has over a decade of experience uh, in sales. She has an interesting background, um, spending a bit of time in hospitality as well. So thank you so much, Andrea, for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. For those that don't know who you are, who's Andrea Johnson? I'm a sales leader. I'm a mom. I'm passionate about helping people find their passions and grow and hit their goals, achieve things they maybe didn't even know were possible. Um, I enjoy spending time in the sales field, out um, shoulder to shoulder with people. I also enjoy spending time at home. I like plants and birds. That's awesome. I do want to dig into one of the things that you mentioned, because you don't hear that a lot. You said that you are passionate about helping others kind of grow in their career, grow professionally. What were the origins for that? How did that stem out? Because I think that's one of the hardest transitions that, you know, as people kind of move up the ranks in sales have, because a lot of sales leaders have historically been really good individual performers, which is why they've been promoted, right? But the challenge is once you hit a certain level, your job is less of an individual promoter, more of a, how do you get a large group of people to hit their goals? Where did that drive come from? Was it, is that how you were raised? Was it ex- exposure to a certain set of experiences? What do you think? So I think it's probably more the set of experiences, you know, I, the transition for me from hospitality into sales, you know, we, we sold our family's restaurants. I grew up in the restaurant business. Um, So I grew up with entrepreneurial parents who did all kinds of different things, including owning restaurants. Um, So transitioning into sales for me was more of a entrepreneurial experience. Um, and I had a really great leader in, in the payment space in the beginning who really challenged me and pushed me and gave me a lot of, you know, direct, honest feedback, uh, which I think is really, really important in sales leadership. Um, and I think he also helped me to challenge myself to grow and, and find my passions and, and what I enjoyed and personally as well. Um, so I think that was a lot of it. I've also had several leaders that I think didn't do that, right? You learn a lot from what you want to be. You also learn a lot from what you don't want to be. And then comparing those experiences and making sure that I'm giving people the opportunity to be real and honest and, you know, talk about what they, what drives them. Uh, I think is a huge part of sales leadership that we leave out a lot of times, just talking about numbers or, you know, the, what have you done for me lately mentality, instead of, you know, really looking at why are they doing this and what do they like about it? Mm-hmm. figuring out if it's really even a good fit for where they want to be long-term. I'd rather see people happy and thriving, whether it's, you know, here working with us or happy and thriving, doing something totally different, um, helping to get them to recognize that. No, it's a really good perspective to have. And, and you, you, you mentioned that you, you come from a family that's owned restaurants. You've spent a little bit of time there early in your career and then sales to you, or at least switching to sales was a 
was an entrepreneurial exercise, um, if anything. But, but why the, who told you about sales? Who told you about payment space? Was it because you worked in a restaurant, you kind of knew something yeah. about point of sale systems and payments? Like I'm trying to make that connection. How did, how did you make yeah. the jump? No, great point. Um, and I really, I really enjoy this story. So I'm glad you asked. Um, but actually the woman who sold me when I was managing my family's restaurant, um, she came in and sold us on payment processing. Yeah. Um, and she was actually a single mom. She like had her daughter with her all the time, which I just kind of found interesting and cool. Like she homeschooled her daughter. So she was coming with her. Um, and she was so persistent. I mean, she came back like week after week for months. Um, and she would come in and eat and just kind of, you know, drop hints. Um, and eventually we, we ended up moving to her. And then when my family sold our restaurant, I did this really short stint. You can see it on my LinkedIn in car sales. Mm -hmm. Horrible. I hated it. <laughs> uh, it was totally not for me. It was a very sit still, like wait for something to happen kind of sale. And mm -hmm. I'm really too much of an active person to sit and wait. Um, so I decided to move on from that kind of abruptly. And she had moved that the girl, Nicole, we had become mm -hmm. friends. She had moved out of state and I called her and told her that I had walked out of my car sales job uh, as a single mom three months after I purchased my first home at mm -hmm. 21 uh, and was like, ah, what am I going to do? I just quit. Um, and she suggested that I tried out the merchant services space. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I thought she was crazy. Like it's 1099. It was a hundred percent commission. Like I printed my own business cards. I made my own marketing materials. Um, but she, you know, threw it out and was like, try it for two weeks. Like bet on yourself, go out. Like you ran businesses. You'll connect well with business owners because of that. You know, you have a story, you know what it's like on the other side, just give it a shot, you know, and it's a lot of flexibility. Um, again, at the time I was a single mom. So the flexibility and going back to being in charge of my own day, like I was used to managing my family business was a really big deal for me. So I gave it a shot and I made like, I think it was six sales in my first two weeks. Um, Incredible. And I just don't, I didn't really look up for several years. I just was, you know, eyes straight forward and grinding through it. And it was a great experience. Um, I learned that yeah. I didn't love the morals of that company. So I decided to move on from them, but it was a great place to start. But, but let me get this straight. So this was when you were 21, 22, kind of still relatively early on in your career. I just want to pause for a second and contrast that with not to stereotype, but the typical 21, 22 year old that wants yeah. to pursue a career in sales today. Yeah. The question that they ask us, you know, what's my base? What's my commission? What's the, what does the training plan look like? What are the perks? Um, compare that with, I don't know what training you had. It was a 1099 gig. You had probably four hours of training, <laughs> four hours of training, probably more personal obligations than most people. I think it's fair to say, yeah. uh, and you still crushed it. Uh, so I mean, credit to you. I, I, I hope I feel like folks that are listening to this should, you know, look look up to you as a as an example and a success story of, of how if you work hard, things will pan out. What did you do though during those two weeks or the first month that made you so successful? Um, was it innate talent? Was it volume of activities? A combination? Like what went well? Um, I think it's grit. 
honestly, I think it's the thing that makes people, you know, separates the people who make it in these really weird situations or don't. Um, and, and I think a lot of that comes from upbringing. Like what, it, what have you overcome? You know, what have you been through? A lot of times I find that the people with the ability to really overcome things have been through some really tough stuff. Right. Um, so we won't dig into that, but I think the ability to not give up when you feel rejection is, is huge, right? It's just powering through and self-awareness, I think is really big too, to be able to look back at the end of the day and say, what worked, what didn't work, where do I need to improve, you know, holding yourself incredibly accountable and not, not BSing or lying to yourself to tell yourself that you gave a hundred percent when you know that you gave 50%. Be honest, where do you need to improve? Where can you get better? Um, and I ask a lot of questions. I would say that my leadership and team at Beyond would say that even today as a VP, I question everything um, all the time. I, I want to learn from other people. I want, I want to know how are you doing this? How did you get better at this? Um, and then, you know, pulling a lot of different experiences in and kind of adding your own flavor to it. And I mean, incredibly valid points, especially, you know, the, the ones that you mentioned around just grit, uh, being okay with hearing no a lot, which a lot. continue to hear that, right? I mean, in sales, it's, it starts with a no. I've very rarely heard yeses. It all, pretty much everything starts with a no. Nobody wants to talk to you. Why did you call me? Who are you? And I think you got to find out what's behind the no, right? Like if you're brand new to any type of sales or an industry and somebody tells you no, understand why they're saying no, if you can, right? Try to push past that no and just be humble. I'm brand new and I get it. Like I've been told no 50 times today. Mm -hmm. Like you seem like a nice person. Will you just tell me like why you're giving me an automatic no? Um, and maybe you can learn something from that. I think that, you know, winning the drop in, understanding, you know, and I did field outside sales. So this was all pulling doors, walking directly into businesses. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you have to try to win the interaction, even if it's a no. Like what, what can you find out? What do you know now that you didn't know before you walked in? And then what are you gonna do with that information? What's the next step, right? I mean, they say in today's market, we're talking seven to 20 touches to close a deal. Mm -hmm. So just because somebody says no, you can still gain something from the time and gas and whatever it is that you put into walking through that door that cost you something. Mm -hmm. So what are you getting from it? Do you, you know the owner's name? Do you know when they're they're using right now? Um, how can you use that information and then apply it to a next step? Mm -hmm. But you know, it's, it sounds easy and yet it's, it's, it's one of the hardest things for people to wrap their head around. And one of the pet peeves that, that I've had, and I've been victim to it myself is as someone that's new, you're new to an industry, you're trying to learn things. And depending on the, the, the business you're a part of, they may have some training. They may have some scripts. I see a lot of younger salespeople when they call me use these scripts and sentences that a normal human being doesn't use when speaking, right? And it, I think it almost, it puts them in a bind because you're, you're kind of locked into it and yeah. you don't have any wiggle room to adapt quickly. And if, some, if I say no, or if I'm irritated by, I just know that it's some sales script. What's your take on finding this balance between having some structure and guidance where 
you're new to the industry, you may not be a subject matter expert, so you're going to refer to a script. But to your point, being nimble and saying, okay, if someone said no, how can I think quickly on my feet and, you know, kind of turn the tide in my favor? How do you go about doing it? Do you feel like we're, as an industry, heading in the right direction with complicating the flow, coming up with too rigorous a process? I go back and forth. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think it's a balance. And then I think it's also meeting this salesperson where they're at, right? Are they a person who needs this box to stand inside, to, to get comfortable and start feeling it out? Um, as a whole at Beyond, we don't really do a lot of scripts, right? We give, you know, some general overcoming concerns, like the common things you're going to hear and some suggestions on maybe how you can handle that. Um, a lot of times it's more questions is what I believe, right? Like mm -hmm. instead of a script, like, do you know the, the questions that you need to get answered to kind of walk down the road of, of figuring out, is this a prospect? Um, but more than anything, I mean, back to my first experience, it was the number one question I asked, like, what do I say when I walk in? What do I say? And there was never a script. There was never an answer. And my, my favorite answer from my boss was, how do you make friends if you make this this complicated? Like, it's not complicated. Walk in, make a friend, you know, spark up a conversation. I yeah. like your earrings. It smells really good in here. You know, like start a conversation. How did you decide to open this business? How long have you been here? This is a really mm -hmm. great business. I think, you know, compliment the owner, make a friend, get to know them, and then find out how you might be able to help them. Mm -hmm. Something I'm passionate about is anything that you're selling, you don't feel like it's doing good. It's not helping somebody. Maybe you want to reevaluate. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you've got to feel like there's, you are going to be able to help this person and it's worth moving them out of their way to see that what you have is actually of, of service and value and, and would help them in their lives. Having conviction in, in your own product or service, I, I can't agree more. Um, definitely, definitely makes a huge difference uh, in the way you communicate and the way you sell. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm sure others will, will agree with you there. I certainly, I certainly do. Um, and so you, you, you found some- Push from that script. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But no, go ahead. Push from that script. If you're able to really feel passionate about what you're selling, I, I think most people are able to What's your story, right? We talk about that a lot. What's, why did you join Beyond? Make your own kind of flow and then it's not what you said. It's never gonna be the same thing for every person. And you can talk about why you're here and what you're passionate about and how you believe you can help them. Kind of build your own. And I, I would encourage all salespeople to do that. Take that script and make it you, even if you have to rewrite it. Mm -hmm. Make it words that you would say in a normal conversation. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and, and it, you know, at this point, you found some success, a lot of success in sales. You've built and, uh, and scaled sales teams yourself. Have you gotten to a point where you think that there is a, a, a personality for sales? Do you, do you believe in that? Do you think there's multiple personalities that are ideal for sales? What's your, what's your take on that? That's so hard. Um, sometimes I feel like it's like flipping a coin. You know, I mean, you feel like somebody's going to be really, really great. And then they totally balk on day three, like it, they can't do it, you know? And I've, I've had a lot of conversations over the years with people who 
are sure they can do it. Like, mm -hmm. especially people who've never been in outside sales, even people who've done phone sales, the rejection of walking in and somebody telling you to your face, get out is tough. Mm -hmm. So do I think there's a personality? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I think you've got to have a, a really strong backbone. I think you've got to have a lot of confidence. Um, can you grow that? Can you learn it? Can you build on it? Yeah. But I think there's, I think there's some innate things that you kind of have to have in place. And I think that depends on the vertical that you're in as well. Right. I mean, there's people in timeshare sales who can have mm -hmm. uh, customers come to them and crush it right in this quick 90 minute, two hour sales cycle for these huge amounts. Um, they've tried it here and not because you're having to go hunt. Mm -hmm. So I think looking at the type of sales role is really important too. Is it, you know, full cycle sales? Is it hunting? Is it prospecting? Are you just working on leads that you're given? Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a lot of different personalities that fit maybe in those different buckets. Where does your strength lie? Or are you able to manage that whole process? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Through your lens still, right, as you're looking to um, hire, let's say that I come up to you and I say, hey, I, I really want a job at Beyond. I think I'd be a great fit. I have a resume. Yeah, maybe I have like a year's worth of experience and I might have done some sales, not necessarily field sales. Maybe I was in customer service and you have what, maybe an hour to an hour and a half to make a decision over a series of interviews, if that's the process that you have in place. How do you make a decision? What do you look for? How do you know that? this is a person that I'm going to, I'm going to roll the dice on or flip the coin in, in your words. So in a, a not corporate way, how I honestly <laughs> think the decision is based on, um, are they going to fit really well in our culture? Mm -hmm. Culture comes first for me, right? You're going to be a part of our team, hopefully very long-term. Um, when I started in sales leadership, I mostly hired people on experience and resume and you know did I think they could do a really good job at the job the actual requirements of the day-to-day -day work um, and experience of course and as time went on I realized that like if there wasn't that kind of leadership connection if we didn't jive it didn't matter how much experience they had or how great they were like we weren't a good fit even if they were excellent at um, maybe what they had done in the past right so I, I look more for that. Um, and I think the, the leaders who work with me look for that as well. Like people who are gonna fit the culture of their team and be able to grow teamwork and collaboration and be a part of the group. Uh, and then I would say, I look for grit. Are you, you know, scrappy? Are you a hunter? Are you gonna go after what you want? And can I see ways that you've done that in the past? Or, um, you know, has everything kind of been a clear path that was laid out for you? and you know, you follow step one, step two, step three. Um, those people have a harder time here. We're a very, there's a lot of nuance in our industry. There's a lot of figure it out and get it done. Um, so I look for people who are capable of kind of going with the flow and um, figuring things out. Entrepreneurial mindset is a, a really big thing for me as well. If they've, you know, ventured out at least some on their own, taken a chance on themselves a little bit, um, maybe done some entrepreneurial ventures even on the side, but that they have mm -hmm. to hold themselves accountable to. Uh, I think that's a big deal as well. How do you think, uh, you know, this is 
we're getting better at it over time because you, you you're looking for characteristics that I think you know render someone really well for uh, a career in sales, and you have others that you know have a different perspective on it. Uh, as a you know as a as an industry, I think we're we're moving towards kind of leveling the playing field for everybody. Let's just hire people for um, you know what they're good at. Let's not you know come up with artificial barriers. Um, one of the things that you know, I've seen we've gotten better at, but could honestly use a lot more improvement is having more of a diverse pool of people in sales. Uh, and by diverse, I mean having more female sales leaders, having more folks of color and in, 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 in really opening it up. Yeah. Uh, what's your what's your take on it? Do you see us getting better? Uh, do you still see that there's, you know, systematic issues of, of access? Um, have you seen have you seen it? Have you not seen it? Have you experienced anything personally or not really? I think it's getting better, right? Um, I think we are, we're growing, we're evolving. I, I do think it's improving. And I don't know how you rush the change of systemic improvement. I, I wish I had a better answer. Um, I, I just, I feel like it's something we all need to be gentle about. Like even as, as a woman, I'm the only woman vice president at our company. Um, and there was only a few women directors when I was at the director level, right? And this is something that we've talked about. Um, some of it is, I think, on us too. Like, I read a really great quote yesterday that I think applies well here. Um, and I'm not going to be able to quote it exactly, but it was, it was just about like accepting that perfection is not a requirement of leadership. And I, I feel like maybe men have accepted that a little bit more. And, and we as women, not other people, not men accepting that for us, but us as women, like standing up and saying, I don't have to be perfect to be a leader, you know, and, and owning that and, and using your voice and standing up for yourself. I think, I think that's a lot of it. And, and we can continue to drive into that while society continues to work in the right direction. But I think it would be a miss if we didn't look at diversity as a whole, that it is improving, right? Mm -hmm. Like let's continue to move consistently in the right direction. The more we can speed it up, great, but there's no magic thought. Like, I don't think we can flip a switch and say, hey, let's get rid of these internal biases that have systemically been created for so long. You have to move in the right direction. No, yeah. Listen, a pragmatic view at, at things, and I, I subscribe to your philosophy and your view of looking at it because you, you can only make you know incremental changes. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. But to your point, you know, one of the things that makes me excited is the more people see folks like you rising up the ranks, speaking up, um, getting increasingly senior roles, the more folks will at least see a pathway for themselves. That's been one yeah. of the biggest challenges, right? Is if you don't see someone like yourself in a position that you want to be in, you don't have a benchmark. Uh, you don't know whether it's possible, feasible, right? Because no one's paved that path for you. So uh, really appreciate your perspective there. Uh, that, that makes so much sense. Uh, I'll ask you one tactical question. Uh, what is like one you know, go-to sales tip that you have for your team? Something that you've perfected over the years, something that you're really good at and uh, one tactical piece of advice that you have for aspiring, you know, up and coming sales professionals. That's tough. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of them, but I would say the first one that comes to mind is like, 
the tracking and organization pieces of whatever you're doing. Um, look at everything that you touch and decide what's the next step and when are you gonna do it? And make sure it's somewhere. Um, I actually had uh, one of the women on my team yesterday say that your brain is a, a processor, not a cabinet <laughs> motherboard right like you can't you can't just stuff information in there you have to have continuous flow of how you're moving that stuff forward yeah right so having some way and i know a lot of people have you know different crms that they use but some people hate their work crms they look at it as you know just um admin work or a waste of their time so they're putting bs in they're getting bs out instead of really taking the time to find, find something you like, find a way that you do it. I mean, for years, I was the youngest person in all of my groups who used a paper calendar there. Everybody else was on their phones and iPads and tablets. And I tracked everything in a paper calendar because I preferred it that way. Right. So find some way to hold yourself accountable to the next steps on all of your leads and make sure it's a way that you're actually going to do it. Stay organized. Uh Good tip for anyone that's listening, make use of your CRM, document everything, you know, at least uh, the advice that that I've, I've been given is if it's not in Salesforce, then it didn't happen. Uh, yeah. And, and, and uh, I think there's really something to it. There's only so much you can, um, you can keep in your mind. I'm, I'm positive that if I didn't have everything on my calendar, things will certainly slip through the cracks. It's inevitable, especially at higher volumes, which you should yeah. be doing. Exactly. Uh, and, and it's, it's not forgetting about those, you know, if you, you walk into 20 businesses yesterday and only two are willing to set a meeting with you, where did the other 18 go? Like what a waste of your time if you don't have some way to flow that stuff forward. Yeah, no, that makes, that makes so much sense. Um, you've been very generous with your uh, time. So uh, I'll ask you one last question um, and, uh, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll leave you be to your busy day. If you could, Go back in time, uh, find yourself out of a restaurant when you're sitting in that car dealership wondering why, why the heck you're there. And you could give yourself one piece of advice with everything that you know today, what would that be? Bet on yourself. Yeah. It's a good sure. one. You know, just go do it. Um, and my mom has always said, it doesn't matter which branch you land on if you have wings, which I think is a, a really great way to look at it, right? Like trust yourself and your own ability, you know, companies you may change companies over time like don't don't totally tie your entire identity to that right be be who you are and, and bet on yourself go after your passions and what you believe in that's a, that's a really good one we've not heard that before and uh and it's it's okay. it's yeah it's a bit it's a bit inspirational uh, it's a bit makes sense yeah i mean if you don't bet on yourself at the end of the day why the heck would anyone else do it right so uh, that's, that's amazing. Thank you so much. It's been such a fun, pleasant chat with you. I'm sure folks that, uh, will listen to this will get something of value again. Uh, very much appreciate your time today. Thanks. I had so much fun doing this. Those are great questions and I enjoyed getting to hear a little bit of your, uh, views and viewpoints and thank you for having me. Awesome.